This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and today we've got a guest and his name is J.R. Raggio. J.R. is an NFL PA contract advisor, aka an agent with a group called Sports Stars. Sports Stars has some of the biggest names in football uh, with you know Stefan Gilmore, with Adrian Peterson, and a whole boatload of others. Uh, we're really excited to have JR. Uh, never in a million years did I think that we would have an NFL agent on front office features, but it's really cool to be able to do so and so appreciative of JR. We talk a lot about um, what his day looks like. What does an NFL agent do every day? And uh, it's very interesting because it's way more than just contract negotiations. And we also learn about how he became an NFL agent, which is not the typical path. Uh, loved that story. One of the great stories of all time, of all time, about how he got his start. So uh, JR and I had a very nice conversation, and uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. Please welcome JR Raggio. Uh, NFL PA contract advisor, aka an agent, uh, to front office features. Hope you enjoy. Before we get to today's podcast, I just want to say we have great listeners and want more people to be able to get the content that you love. To help spread the front office features word, we need you to do a few things. First, follow us on social media. Search front office features on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn for tons of content to help your growing sports business career. We also need you to rate and review on our Apple and Spotify podcast pages. The more you do that, the easier it is for others to find front office features. If you have already done that, thank you. Now go share this episode on your Instagram story. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane and today we've got a guest. His name is J.R. Raggio and he is an NFL uh, PA contract advisor, aka an agent. Uh, J.R., welcome to Front Office Features. How you doing? Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure to have you. Uh, you told me before we got on air that you had an interesting story on why they call you uh, J.R. because your name is Gerard. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yes, it's a uh, well interesting, you know, maybe strategic, if you will. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll probably dive into this at some point during this call here. But uh, I used to work for the New York Jets in their sales department, uh, you know, selling season tickets and PSLs and all that, you know, good stuff. And more, we are going to dive into that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the way the uh, the way the system kind of worked was, and this is how most. 
uh, you know, inside sales jobs worked hard. It's, it's kind of a cutthroat business and it's a doggy dog. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're just as good as your numbers, not necessarily if the organization likes you or, you know, if you're, you know, a cool person, it boils down to what are you selling? So, uh, the way it worked was if if uh, if you if you left a voicemail or you sent an email to uh, to somebody and you know they call back and they forgot who they spoke to or couldn't remember the person's name, um, a new account could actually be created for that inbound call. Uh, and then when a new account is created and then that new account is sold, the original person who actually reached out, you know, could potentially lose the sale. Uh, so as you could probably imagine, Gerard, especially spelled with a J. Uh, is not a name that people remember uh, yeah. or can even pronounce. Sometimes people would call back and say Jared or Gerald or Jerry or what have you. Huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, they could say, sorry, we don't have a Jared or Gerald or Jerry here because some of the other salespeople might be a little snaky and, you know, know who they're actually talking about, but don't want to pass them along to me. So I figured, let me kind of go by my initials, you know, JR. It was an easier way for people to kind of you know, remember who I am. And sometimes they get RJ or junior, but at, at a minimum, you know, JR was a little bit easier for people to remember and certainly pronounce uh, than Gerard. And it, uh, it has actually, you know, benefited me a handful of times and, you know, people were able to, you know, remember my name and, you know, I was able to get the sale and, you know, protect my commission and, and my namesake. So I, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my, my father's initials are JR. He goes by Jr., so it's also kind of a little bit of a homage to him to, uh, you know, to to use my initials as my kind of you know pseudo first name, if you will. <laughs> I love it. You you change your name for commission sta- for commission's sake. I I gotta love it as a guy who's a sales guy. I love it. You did it for commission. I uh, listen. It you know you, you got to develop a, a name in the business, and it's it's it was it certainly helped. But like I said, you know, part of it too was you know my dad goes by Jr. and his you know he's a serial entrepreneur, so. I figured, hey, maybe I can kind of, you know, like I said, pay homage to him a little bit too. I love it. So you referenced the Jets, and that was kind of where I wanted to take our early conversation. Is uh, walk through your early career for us. You were you were kind of doing the PA thing, and then did an internship, and then started in the inside sales world. How the hell did you become an agent? Yeah, good question. Uh, huh. I, I've given this story a handful of times and, you know, I hope it's a good one and maybe kind of people who are listening can take away something from it. But, uh, so I, you know, like, like most kids growing up, you know, you want to be a pro athlete. I wasn't gifted with the uh, physical attributes to do so. So I figured, Hey, this is certainly a passion of mine. You know, how can I find a way to, you know, work in this space professionally, uh, decided to go to the university of Miami for my undergrad uh, this is back when, you know, sports business programs were just few and far between and you actually had to do a little research as to which schools were good. And, you know, UMass Amherst had a good program. Syracuse had a good one. And I figured, you know, forget all that. Let me go someplace warm. And- nice. Smart man. Smart man. My, uh, p- uh partner on this, uh, Chris Valente, he was a UMass guy. There you go. Well, a good school and a great program. I mean, I remember sitting there and going through, you know, their song and dance and I was just like, you know what, uh, maybe I can make more, you know, connections in the pro space you know, down in South Florida. And I think I actually uh, proved myself right. So uh, the way the program worked at UM was three and a half years of books. And then the last semester, you had to do an internship and the school kind of provided you with the ability to work for the, you know, the women's volleyball team or, you know, the, the men's, you know, the the men's uh, tennis team or what have you and kind of intern and be their, you know, manager, if you will. But I really wanted to kind of get some 
some actual, you know, pro experience. So I sent my resume to all four major teams in South Florida, you know, hockey of which is my least favorite sport, but you know, I certainly do love hmm. it. Uh, and I ended up getting an internship with the Florida Panthers. So, uh, really, really fun, you know, experience. I, you know, worked my butt off. I mean, damn, I was paying to go to school and paying to work. Um, yeah. it was the last internship, uh, you know, last semester of school that I had. So that was a tough pill to swallow. And I was essentially, you know, full time and it was also in season. Uh, so a lot of my, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday nights I spent in sunrise Florida as the rest of my friends and, you know, colleagues are, you know, partying during their last semester of, of, uh, undergrad. Uh, but you know, it was a great experience. They offered me a job out of school. And to be honest with you, I was like, you know, it was pennies and I was like, I don't know if I want to live in Florida and, and sling tickets for the Florida Panthers. So, uh, but they actually did get me a opportunity to do something similar with the New York jets, kind of like I expressed and, and explained before. Um, I mean, uh, growing up, what, uh, good. What was your, what was your, what was your role with the, as an intern? What was your, what were you doing with the Panthers? I was on the sales side, uh, Got it. getting coffees, you know, grabbed lunch, but you know, also doing stuff on game day and, you know, uh, generating leads and getting information from, you know, Q and A's and, you know, just general client services, answering calls, changing season ticket packages from one to another, basic admin stuff, nothing that required actually any level of sales, but it was good because you're actually speaking to season ticket holders on the phone and, you know, gaining some experience. And I, I felt pretty comfortable in the space, you know, so much so that the, the, the Panthers knew I was ultimately going back to New York and the sports space is pretty connected. And, uh, my boss there was like, Hey, listen, I know somebody at the jets, you know, maybe I can get you an interview with them. And I said, you know what? It's worth a shot. I mean, growing up as a kid, I've, I'm still, a, you know, I guess the, the jets are my, my team. I mean, listen, if I represent a player on the Patriots or the dolphins in the bill, yeah, like right. you know, flourish and beat the jets every single time. I don't care. It's <laughs> nice when you represent a jet. One of my guys is Sam Fick and the kicker. So, uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I got the inter uh, the interview with the uh, with the New York Jets to sell tickets for them, and ultimately got the job with uh, with them through my experience with the Florida Panthers. So, uh, you know, your question was how you know how to go from sales to agent. So, you know, one day I was given uh, about a hundred leads, and these leads actually came from people going on NewYorkJets.com and typing in their information to go to the first practice that the new stadium, MetLife Stadium, back in 2010 ever had. It was free, but the only way that you can get a ticket was you had to enter your first and last name and your email address. This is how the Jets generated leads, you know, to figure out, hey, who might be a fan? Hey, if they want to come to the practice, maybe they want to see the ticket package. So mm-hmm. everybody got about 100 leads from that list. And, you know, when you get a warm lead list like that, you pretty much buzz through it in one day, which I did. And one of the guys that I had on the phone trying to sell him tickets and, uh, you know, Rob, I'm talking, I had, you know, I was selling him everything from the last row in the upper deck down to the, you know, to the front row on the 50 yard line and everywhere in between. I had seats in the cart ready for purchase. I was on the phone with him for about 40 minutes. And at the end of the call, I said, all right, you know, Hey, give me your credit card. Let's, you know, wrap these up now. He's like, yeah, I'm actually not interested in buying tickets. And I was, so, you know, I was what? Uh, it was almost like F you mother. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cause listen, like I kind of mentioned, I just got pissed off for you. Yeah. I mean, the part of the poll, I said, it's all about the commission and how do you make money? And when you have a guy that's, you know, ready, willing and able to buy tickets and, you know, waste that much of your time, you figure that, you know, he was going to say yes. And when he said, no, I was a little upset and almost hung up the phone, but he said, Hey, you know, 
I actually really liked your sales presence and how you had carried yourself and how you went through this process with me. Have you ever had any interest in actually, you know, shifting gears and working on the player side of the business? And I was like, ironically, yeah. That's kind of what I went to the University of Miami for. I was very interested in the agent space. I wasn't 100% sure, you know, what area of sport I wanted to work in, but it was definitely, you know, the the lead on my list. And he gave me, the guy gave me his information and I kept it. And I was like, you know what, maybe one day I'll hit him up. So I kind of kept it in my back pocket. Um, I, I, re- I ultimately resigned from the Jets about six, seven months later, uh, which is still to this day, the hardest business decision I've ever had to make. I mean, uh, growing up as a kid, I'm a diehard Jets fan. We've been season ticket holders, you know, since the early 2000s, my family has been, you know, I uh, bleed green for sure when I was a, you know, a fan fan. Uh, and this is when the Jets were going on their Super Bowl run with Mark Sanchez and, and uh, Rex, uh, Rex Ryan and um, quitting the team that could potentially earn a ring. And I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. But the only reason why I resigned was because I needed to prepare for the LSAT because I ultimately knew that for me, if I wanted to make money in this business, I had to go to law school um, and and kind of, you know, supplement my my bachelor's degree with, you know, the law degree to hopefully, you know, climb up the ranks a little bit quicker. Again, just my opinion. So, yeah. So I resigned from the Jets. I take the LSAT before actually going to law school. I, I work for the New York Islanders in their, in their sales department just to kind of, you know, keep some money coming in and, you know, gain more practical experience and more, you know, people in the industry. And I've made dear friends, some of which are, are you know, our groomsmen in my wedding, you know, uh, one of my buddies from the Islanders is a groomsman. One of my buddies from the Jets is a groomsman. So I certainly made great connections along the way. After my first uh, semester of law school, after I resigned from the Islanders, which I knew I was going to because I knew ultimately I was going to law school, um, I was looking for an internship uh, over the summer. Uh, and, you know, so it's now January, February of 2012. And I'm, you know, hitting up all my contacts from the New York Jets legal department to, you know, lawyers that I used to work with in the past. And, and you know, the Jets guy was like, JR, I love you. You're a great dude. You know, I would love to have you come intern for me, you know, in the legal department with the Jets this summer. But, you know, Woody Johnson's, you know, niece is is taking that role. So unfortunately, you look oh, yeah. the owner's niece, you know, yeah. when there's only one internship spot. Uh, so I actually, I, I remember that guy that I called um, that one time that I almost sold tickets to. And I, you know, I unfolded the piece of paper and I gave him a shout and and that's my business partner now, Jim, who I've been business. That's with. unbelievable. Yeah, for the past, you know, seven plus years, uh, is uh the guy who I probably speak to more than my fiance, mom, dad, and everybody rolled in between is that's now my business partner, the guy that I almost hung up on and was trying to sell tickets to, uh, you know, almost a decade ago. Do you still give him crap for not buying the tickets? Uh, <laughs> uh you, you know, listen, everything happened for a reason. So uh, it was you know, that's a great story. Yeah. So I'm going to say, no, it was, it's long winded. It, it kind of requires a little bit of a, you know, of a backstory so you can really kind of get the full, you know, effect to it. But I mean, that, that's, you know, completely unaltered and, and as, as real as it gets. So you never know so, who you're going to call. Why did you wait so long to call him? Cause you know, I, I, I had, after I resigned from the jets, I, uh, I knew I was going to take the LSAT and I was like, uh, let me just kind of, you know, grab some low hanging fruit and find some job that's going to kind of keep me afloat, you know, before I start school. And when I went to law school, I'll be honest, I really thought, you know, maybe I just work strictly in the law space. Um, And, you know, then I was like, you know what, let me kind of go back to what I ultimately wanted to do, you know, with my career from, you know, from the jump. And, you know, I I gave him a shout and, you know, 
you know, intern from him for intern for him and, and the agency from afar. And, and then uh, pretty much worked all through law school into becoming a full-time agent. It's unbelievable. Uh, I love that story. You cold called for tickets and actually got uh, a career. It was just amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so there's one of the parts I really know very limited about. Can you educate me and our listeners uh, about your business? Can you walk us through what's it what's it like? How do you recruit uh, future players. Can you walk us through, you know, it, meeting the player for the first time or how do you even meet the player for the first time sure. and then to signing and being uh, a client of yours? Yeah. I mean, w- without giving you, you know, some of the tricks of the trade and, you know, of course not. A- <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty competitive business, but it all starts with, you know, an initial reach out. Sometimes you make connections through your existing clients. Sometimes you, you know, just kind of reach out to a guy cold. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, like any other sales job, I'm certainly not trying to sell anything because that comes off as a little like, you know, not, you know, personal, if you will. And it's not like I'm trying to, you know, force somebody to buy something or, you know, but it's, it boils down to you. It boils they're, down you're, tra- you're, they're trying to, you're selling you. Yeah. It boils down to you and, you know, what kind of relationship you can develop and, you know, hopefully developing that trust. And it's, it's a, there's a lot of flash in my business. There's a lot of, you know, there's a reason why this, this industry has a particular, you know, black eye, if you will. And it's because there are a lot of people out there who don't do things in the appropriate way. I'm certainly not naming names, but, you know, we kind of do things by the book and do things appropriately. And at the end of the day, my hope is to kind of, you know, sift through that a little bit and, you know, let them hear my voice and truly understand how much I love what I do and how much I care about my guys. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes it wins the day, sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, you know, I'm more successful than I am not. So, when you get a guy like, you know, in your portfolio is uh, David Johnson and uh, Stephen Gilmore and Tom Bali and all these great, uh, great uh, NFL players. So you get one and then you just say, hey, introduce me to your friends. And how does is that how it kind of goes like or how does the college space, you know, recruiting kids coming out of college in the draft? I mean, sometimes, uh, I mean, and, and some of those, just, just to clarify though, some of those guys that you mentioned are, are players that are represented by the agency. Like mm-hmm. one is not a guy that I, that I work with directly. David is, you know, somebody who I have an incredible relationship with, obviously Tom as well is somebody who I do a ton of work for, but so it's, it, you know, our agency has, you know, over a hundred guys, but we're, you know, actually staffed much, much larger than the traditional sports agency. So we make sure that we may uh, keep a, a real manageable number of, of, uh, of clients, you know, to agent, uh, ratio, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. so, uh, but yes, to, to answer you sometimes, sure. Yeah. Sometimes a player will, you know, speak on our behalf if they feel that we've done a nice job and it's the, 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 the most, it, it's the best thing that a client can do is obviously, you know, speak on your behalf and give you that referral, but not always, it, you know, it depends on the school. Sometimes you've got a connection another way or you get, you know, a tip from somebody else about a particular player. So, uh, the, the, the one certainty in my business is there are no certainties, uh, yeah. and, and everything's a case by case basis. And one of the things that, um, that you do that I assume that you talk through them is your role is much broader than just contract negotiation. You help them with PR, community relations, uh, the whole gambit, you know, post career, uh, opportunities. Can you walk us through besides the contract negotiation, what your else your role is? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there's a ton. 
you know, uh, hypothetically, right around now is when you negotiate rookie contracts, and then okay, you know that contract is for four years. You know, what are you doing to service your client for that? You know, time after you do that contract, it's not like you know we're guys that you know sign a contract for it'll help you know negotiate a contract for a player and then say okay, we'll see you in four years from now when your next contract is up. I mean, there are so many things that you do in between from, you know, marketing and endorsements to, you know, assisting guys with postseason training to helping with their day-to-day life to, I mean, we kind of have a phrase, if it's legal, we do it. You know, I'm happy to help anything. I'm happy to help a player with anything they potentially need to, you know, allow them to be a better football player on a personal or professional level. So you, you talked a little bit about it and from, the whole running the whole gambit, right? That means that at least in my mind, that there's more people in your office and a whole bunch of agents and lawyers. And a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast is there's more to the sports business than the core four sports. Um, can you walk through the other people that help you do your job and your colleagues' jobs uh, better? What kind of roles are are at sports stars that are not? Uh, NFL PA contract advisors. The other side of the coin there is is, is our our in-house marketing team who does a, an outstanding job um, you know getting our clients endorsement deals and uh, things along the lines off the field from cash to product and everywhere in between. Um, you know we've got a great director of marketing who's been with us for you know close to 15 years. Uh, you know we've got a bunch of you know young guys underneath him that are you know very very uh, aggressive and, and, and strong in the space and have a lot of contacts and on the cutting edge. So, you know, the other side of the agent, you know, coin is the, uh, the marketing, you know, side of the, uh, business as well. Got it. So there's a whole, there's a whole, you know, slew of folks, um, that are, uh, under that same umbrella. It's just, I encourage people to kind of go and, um, and, and look through that version uh, as well, because you can really broaden, uh, broaden your, your horizons by, uh, you know, expanding beyond the core four sports. And you talk a lot about marketing and social media is really the main communication modality uh, that your clients are using. What advice do you give your clients when discussing their personal media, so, uh, their personal social media strategy? Sure. I mean, listen, once you hit enter, it's out there. Uh, so, you know, I, I, now I'm thinking like a lawyer and kind of, you know, starting with, you know, that particular <laughs> side of, of, of the strategy is, you know, and, I, you know, and I even tell this to guys when, you know, before they become clients and when we're talking to them, be smart on what you put out there. You never know how it could potentially harm you down the line. Um, and, you know, you know, think just a split second more before you hit enter because now you're, you know, in the public eye and you, you have the blue check for a reason. It's not you're you know yes you're a regular person but sometimes you're viewed a little bit differently in the in the social and you know media space so anything that you put out there you know just you know think twice about before you do but I mean it's it's you know the other side of the coin is it's an incredible tool I mean it is is it is a great way to organically and naturally reach out to the masses I mean I'm certainly not telling you anything that you know you yeah. and the majority of the listeners listeners don't already know but I mean just about every component to you know, some level of, you know, paid, you know, advertisement, you know, or marketing deal for a player has some social component to it. Um, you know, whether it's an appearance, you know, you're going to promote, the player's going to promote the fact that they're doing that appearance on their social media, you know, whether it's just an image and likeness endorsement, they're going to push the product, you know, via their social platforms. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of good that can come out of the social media space, you know, when it comes to the, the marketing side of things. 
um, and endorsements and the like. Gotcha. And now with the NFL draft that just occurred and uh, with your clients that just kind of went through free agency, uh, can you walk us through like what does a day in the life of JR look like? Are you on the phone trying to with the teams? Are you on the phone with clients? What like what did you do today? I guess is, is another good question of like, can you just walk us through what does your daily life look like? I'm extremely interested. That, that's the better question is what did you do today? Cause I mean, what <laughs> you did today will be dramatically different than tomorrow, which will be dramatically different than Saturday and different than Sunday and so on and so forth. And I'm, it's a cliche and people say, that, but, but honest to God, it's true. I, I, you know, there are some days I wake up, I have no clue you know, what's going to be thrown at me, what's going to happen, a potential client issue or a potential client success or, you know, anywhere in between. But, you know, a day like today involved, well, let's see, a handful of things, updating some things that I want to sharpen for the following years and, you know, for, for you know, explaining how we operate to new, to new players that are in college to, you know, talking to all three of my drafted rookies this year about uh, their, their contract and their signing bonus language and, you know, um, what a participation agreement is to, you know, just having internal chats with, you know, the rest of our team, uh, discussing some marketing opportunities for some of my players. Sometimes I don't like to get too specific as to, you know, what's going on for the the privacy of the guys that we represent. But yep. I mean, it's, it, you know, today was a slew of different things, uh, that kind of came across the desk. So are you allowed to say some of the guys that you do represent? I think people would be interested in that yeah, too. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, as from Donovan Smith, the left tackle in Tampa, who's, you know, protecting Tom Brady's blind side to uh, Tracy Walker, the the safety for the uh, Dallas, uh, for the Dallas, for the Detroit lions, a um, uh, whole bunch of guys I'm working with, you know, just over a dozen guys right now. Very cool. And you said you had three in this year's draft too. Yeah. John Reed, a corner from Penn state went in the fourth round to Houston, uh, Cam Brown, a linebacker uh, who went in the sixth round to uh, the Giants, and uh, Jordan Glasgow, a sixth rounder who went to uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and he's actually the third of three brothers. We represent, oh, wow. we represent all three boys. Graham, who we just signed to a $44 million deal in Denver. Uh, Ryan, who uh, we uh, was a fourth rounder to the Bengals. And uh, Jordan is the third of the three boys. Most people know a lot about the Watts and, and the Gronkowskis and all the other, you know, trios that played in the league. Not many people know about the Glasgow's, but that's soon to change. That's awesome. That's awesome. They're, they're, they're growing and congratulations. That's uh, it's just really cool stuff. And I think some of my fanhood uh, comes out uh, when we're talking about this, but there are uh, a lot of people that I've heard when I was in college um, say, I want to be an agent. And, uh, it seemed, and I hear it from people now, um, what, but actually, you know, very few actually end up being agents. What advice do you have for the people who want to follow in your footsteps? What track should they take? Just truly learn the business. I mean, do the research, do the homework, understand, you know, what the fee, I mean, listen, you ask a majority of, of college kids, Hey, I want to be an agent. Uh, I, I bet you 75% of them, if I ask them, you know, What's the maximum fee that you can charge a player on his contract? I bet you they don't know the answer. Um, you know, so my, my my response to that is learn the business, truly understand who the players are in the game, understand how you're compensated, understand how you know it's a long term play and it's not like you know you're just gonna you know pop in you know right away and you know as a 23 year old kid, 24 year old kid, you know, and and make you know crazy waves, you know. 
understand, you know, all of the different aspects that, that, that go into representing the player on and off the field. Uh, my advice is truly, truly do your homework and do your research and don't just go based off a movie or something that you see online and it looks cool for a split second. There are plenty of really, really fun parts of this job that make it really gratifying and, you know, kind of, you know, allow me to remember why, you know, I do what I do, but then there's also, it's like any other job. You know what I mean? There's, there's parts of it which are tough and a struggle and you try and, you know, battle with certain things. So I always say just do your homework and do your research and really, really get to know the players and get to know the actual players in, in the agent game and, you know, yeah. the, the ins and outs of behind the scenes before you decide to say, hey, this is the career for me. And would you suggest, did you reach out to other agents and other uh, organizations um, like Sports Stars uh, to kind of get firsthand knowledge of that? And were you successful in, you know, kind of networking as you were working through the Jets and the Islanders and through law school? Before I before I reached back out to Jim, yeah, I definitely did do a ton of homework and research, and you know, I was, I was like, you know what, uh, let me let me kind of do some you know background here before I you know interview or or even ask or request for an interview. I want to make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. So yes, I did do plenty of research, but uh, you know, no, it was a one stop shop for me in terms of you know who I wanted to reach out to and what organization I wanted to be a part of based on everything I read and heard and my own independent research. Very cool. It's, uh, we talk a lot about being prepared, preparation, preparation, pre- preparation, and how important that is when you first start, first start out. And uh, sure. to hear you reiterate that is uh, is gratifying. Know who, um, know who you're interviewing with. Know who you're going to sit down across the table from. Find out, you know, where he went to school. Was he in a fraternity? You know, what's his favorite team? What does he like to eat? I mean, if you can find it, great. If you can't, obviously, you know, no worries. But you never know. There could be that one little tidbit that, you know, sets you off or take a look at the guy's office or the girl's office and see what's behind them, what pictures or, you know, something that you could potentially strike up a conversation about that kind of steers the, you know, the interview a little bit more to the personal side of things and let your natural self show a little bit. So uh, I am all about the homework and research, you know, I do it now, you know, not right. obviously not interviewing for a job per se, but I'm certainly talking to other people and players and things and other people on the, you know, the, the, the team side. I like to know a little bit about them before I'm, you know, speaking to these people. So if you, you know, if you could prepare yourself, that's key. And you were in a frat as well as, as uh, I was doing my research and you're on the honor roll and Dean's list and did the whole, did the whole thing. Yeah. I, it, the, the, the fraternity thing was actually, you know, kind of unique for me. I, I actually never, uh, joined until technically until my second semester of my senior year, which is certainly not the norm, but I've had so many friends that were in there and I kind of, you know, stayed in my own lane and, you know, never really kind of like partook in all the things that they did. They didn't do anything wrong. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to do this. And I was like, you know what, whatever. uh... Uh, I got to ask this. Um, do you got take names and teams and all that good stuff out? Do you got a good, story of like being in with an owner or general manager with a player that uh, is just kind of crazy or entertaining that you could share with us? Off the top of my head, no. But you know what? If something changes before the time we're done, you know, chatting here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a tidbit. All right. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. It's always, uh, it's always good people. Uh, I'm not a movie guy, but uh, you know, people want to know what the, if, if life, life is, I would assume not like Jerry Maguire, but uh, in case there was a good story, occasionally a good story comes out. You know what I mean? Sure. Of course. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Also one of the things uh, 
one of the things that is growing in this world, and I want to know how you use it from the agent side, is uh, sports and, and, and analytics. So how do you incorporate analytics into your research when you go and start talking to the other teams about your client? I mean, yeah, it, it's 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 certainly something that's growing in our space. You you can't turn a blind eye to that, but it really depends on the team. Some teams are a little bit more geared towards, hey, this is our feel. This is you know what we think. Other teams are a little bit more geared towards the numbers. You know, sometimes you got to do a cross section in between. Um, so there, there, I can't really give you a definite, you know, and point to something specifically. And even if I, you know, there, there, there's no really right way to answer that question. I hate to give you a kind of a, <laughs> a crappy, a crappy soundbite here, but you know, it's, it's, there are certain things that I'm not going to, you know, divulge and there's other stuff that. No, I wasn't anticipating you yeah, uh, yeah, uh, no, divulge no. anything. I know, I know, but yeah, but, that's a case by case. Gotcha. Because with, uh, I feel like analytics is growing uh, in, in, for, you know, colleges are teaching it as part of their sport management program. And I'm trying to put some, an, uh, some real life examples of like, yeah, we use this kind of thing or, you know, um, you know, but it's still, it still sounds to me, what you're saying is, you know, it's kind of a team by team basis. Some people are really into the numbers and other people are more kind of look, feel, gut feeling. For sure. Right. Um, well, uh, I know one of our guys has been Michael Scott and, uh, he was, uh, he worked for you for a few years and, uh, was, was excellent. Uh, and he's been really helping us out a lot. Um, what did you see in Michael when you were hiring him and, uh, got any good dirt stories on him? Because yeah. he's been excellent for us and I'm trying to find some blemish, but I can't find one. Uh, you keep looking cause there are none. Uh, you know, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, he works his butt off, incredible work ethic, uh, you know, uh, and honestly, uh, even, even all fair, I, I would say nothing bad about him because I, I truly believe he's, you know, the tops. He does a great job. He, you know, he loves what he do. He's passionate about the, the industry and the space. I mean, the only thing that you could really, you know, point to is his name, you know, calling him <laughs> the office, which, I mean, listen, he's I, never seen. What's that? He's never seen it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably because I, he probably jump out the window <laughs> he was reminded one more time that his name is you know popularized by you know a fictional tv character but uh you know he's 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 great man he's he's nothing but uh nothing but a good guy uh you know both professionally and personally they uh i i got my my first internship was with the houston texans and uh i knew Charlie. I got to know Charlie Casterly a little bit. He was a, I went to Springfield college in Springfield mass and he was a Springfield guy. And, uh, Charlie was just one of the great guys I've ever had the opportunity to meet. Did you ever, uh, add any interaction with Charlie? Plenty of interaction with Charlie for sure. He, uh, he is, uh, a character I would, I would say for, you know, he's a great guy, salt of the earth, you know, knows uh, connections every which way. Uh, and, uh, you know, does, does a really good job of what he does with, you know, incoming, you know, uh, rookies into the NFL, uh, great stuff on the NFL network. Of course, Charlie's, uh, Charlie's the tops. Charlie is tops. I, I agree with that. And, uh, uh, I had a, one of our past guests was Larry Lucchino and, uh, longtime CEO of the Red Sox and, and such, but he got started at the, uh, Washington Redskins. And he said, uh, he was there when Charlie started with the Redskins, and Charlie uh, worked for free 
for a long time just to get his foot in the in in the door. And I always I always love that work ethic of uh, of Charlie, and it seems very much on brand that he continues that uh, you know well later into his career. No doubt about it. All right. On that note, uh, Jr. Uh, wonderful stories. Uh, appreciate you taking the time and uh, and sitting down uh, with me and uh, and being on front office features. It was uh, uh, it was enlightening, and uh, I appreciate your time a, a great deal. So uh, best luck, and uh, we'll talk soon. Rob, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you.